0: Hello and welcome everyone to the Coalescence Publishing Podcast. It has been a little bit, well, not too long, I guess. Anyways, we have a wonderful group here tonight with us. We have Chris and Wyatt joining us. Wyatt, welcome back. It's been a minute. Thank you. <laughs> so, today, Wyatt, why don't you uh, tell us what we're going to be chit chatting about?
1: Well, today we're going to do another ep- uh, episode of our genre talks. Um, so today we're going to be talking about uh, YA fiction. Um, kind of broadly at this point, we're not going to get too much into the weeds of like <clears throat> different subgenres and stuff like that. But really just kind of talking about YA trends and and uh, what we like about YA, favorite YA works, just. A general kind of overview of our thoughts on the genre.
0: Sounds groovy, man. All right. Well, before we get started, just a friendly reminder. Those of you that are interested in us, be sure to like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And... Check us out. Our website is coalescentpublishing.com. We'd love to have you visit. It's going through some changes. Other than that, why why don't you start us off?
1: Okay, well, I, I will start um, with a quick disclaimer. <laughs> it is allergy season here. So uh, if you notice that my voice sounds different or like I crack a little bit, it's just because I'm a little, a little snotty.
2: <laughs> oh. So,
1: mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I just want to. Give that little disclaimer here, but um, yeah, starting on the topic of YA, I mean, I'd like to just open it up to Chris. Like, Chris, uh, yeah,
2: yeah, put me right on the hot seat. Uh, <laughs> Why? Thanks you, a lot.
1: <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> uh, you are. This is kind of sort of your field. I won't say that. I won't say that you're just a YA author, but you you do a little bit of work with YA, and so what like what drew you to that
2: yeah i do uh actually most of my stuff has been for young readers i mean i th- think my first book manuscript was sort of an adult mass market fiction and then i got an opportunity to write for younger readers and i i don't know i find i really enjoy it because um you know when i was uh I w- put it this way i'd tell you a story to to tell you why um it appeals to me i was at a dinner party one time and w- with my wife and um we are saying, I don't know what the conversation was, but I said, yeah, I did hear recently that all men inside are, you know, really 12 years old. And my wife leans over and says, eight years old. <laughs> so I think I just, I, I still have a lot, of, uh, a lot of interest in, you know, the growth that a person goes through in those teen years. Um, and so in a lot of ways, I, you know, I'm writing to my younger self. You know i'm writing books that i think i i could have uh, i would have enjoyed and and related to um other things that kind of a uh i don't know if it's a selfish thing or if it's just a style thing for me is that
0: mm-hmm.
2: um why books can tend to be a little bit shorter which i like um i'm a, a, a you know my writing is a little more fast-paced um than mm-hmm. a lot of stuff you know i'm even literary stuff or even thrillers like tom clancy and mm-hmm and those types of uh, political or military thrillers, which tend to be a little bit longer. I like to jump into the story and, uh, and kind of push the characters through as fast as I can. Um, and then, um, you know, there's a lot, to me, there's a lot of discovery that happens. Uh, there is a, uh, a shift in awareness, in identity, that uh, happens uh, with us as teenagers and the idea of, um, of pushing, of, of putting characters who are in that phase of growth and development and, and learning and all that stuff, putting them in a really weird or awful situation, you know, where they, uh, where they step up and discover who they really are or make who they're going to be. I think it's just really cool. You know, it's yeah. it's different from you know, uh, just to pick out one like uh, Michael Connelly's Harry Bosch um, mm-hmm. series, which I love. I love Michael Connelly's books, but you know, Bosch doesn't change, right? So, the, uh, it, it they're always really interesting stories and well written, but he's not making an evolution. He's always Bosch, right? Mm-hmm. So. Um, I like that there's a transformation going on, not just for the story, but for the character.
1: Right. And I think, I think honestly, that is what uh, YA is so interesting as a genre is like, because, you know, dynamic characters are so important, like dy- in any genre, really any, any story needs a good, character premise good dynamic characters and that doesn't necessarily mean that characters have to undergo some sort of great metamorphosis um you know but but you can have like paragon characters like captain america for instance that serve their narrative role and but it even in those cases it's kind of like the characters around them are the ones that end up changing going through dynamic character changes so it's still Mm -hmm. like a facet of storytelling and so important for YA. So important for, for fiction directly aimed at young adults. Um, so yeah, I totally agree. And also like the shorter storytelling, uh, yeah, I, I find myself gravitating more towards short stories and stuff like that way more than, um, than long form storytelling. It, it actually kind of tends to be a little bit more difficult for me just because, like I can easily fall into a rhythm of writing a short story, but it seems to be a little bit harder to, to marinate in like, like quiet moments and and like slow, slow moments that mm -hmm. that are important for a long story. You know, you need those times that are just kind of, just purely moments of characterization, yep. or narrative, deep
2: reflection, or yeah. observation, or uh, yeah, I I agree. I <laughs> as a kind of a reluctant reader myself from from a young age, I've always had a little bit of. Uh, it, it, reading is a little more work for me than than uh, the average reader, I think. Um, and yeah, I just I do not have the patience for the you know the deep reflection and uh flowery dial uh flowery descriptions and that kind of mm-hmm. thing i you know mm-hmm. I'm, I'm in it for the story
0: um one other thing since says we're on this topic um the organization and the planning for the plot the characters and all that um you know for some of the larger fantasy novels out there like mm-hmm. um george r r martin mm-hmm. those are huge you know Mm -hmm. 200,000 300,000 plus words Mm -hmm. that's you know 20 to 30 YA books right there (laughs) and you know I I just find it a lot easier to get myself involved into the plot of a YA book as opposed to you know something larger not saying it's not possible it's just for the audience that you're targeting with YA literature is easier for them to, you know, get involved with it as well.
2: Yeah, I uh, and you know, I mean the the length of the book is as much a feature of a genre as anything else. Uh, so it is it so happens that an epic fantasy Epic is the operative word. You know those those books are long, and they're they're meant to be long, and that's what uh, what those what the readers who love epic fantasy are looking for. They're not going to pick up an ep- epic fantasy that's fifty five or sixty thousand words long. I don't think they're going to find that it's worth their time or money. You know, they want those big thick door stoppers, and then there mm-hmm. you know there are writers who love to deliver that.
1: And I, I like one thing, another thing that you said where it's like kind of the joy of getting to getting to be a part of deciding the narratives that young people hear. Mm-hmm. Like about themselves. Would you say that, that that's kind of like something that was important to you?
2: Well, I mean I've there's one one important and overriding theme in pretty much everything I write is identity. Uh, that that much I've noticed. So uh, it's always about um, the character asking, "Who am I in this situation?" or "Or who am I going to be uh, through this situation?" and that to me is super important i mean you know and that that's (laughs) probably the core of being of a teenager's experience is is you know we're we're in that phase of finding out who we are and who we're going to be um and yeah there's you know i'm not uh, i'm not an activist you know i'm a writer so I, i i i'm not trying to deliver you know Mind-changing themes to readers, I find, or I believe that that a that stories are, uh, they're like kind of like metaphors for our personal life and growth. So, to me, uh, the effect that I hope to have on a reader isn't well. I, you know, I hope you now realize that crude oil is bad and we have to switch to (laughs) you know to all you know electric and whatever not that i'm not that i'm against those things i'm definitely for them but to me it's um you know that sort of hero's journey that's not exactly the way i outline and write but the idea that i'm gonna that the character is going to start somewhere and through these difficult experiences that one that this character has to go Mm -hmm. through they're going to transform into somebody else i want i want for readers to know that they're not the only ones who are facing these difficulties and uncertainties and fears and moving forward through them despite those uncertainties and fears that that's that's the hero's job is to reflect our um our deeper more most powerful self the the one that can go forward in the face of uncertainty. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And like, yeah, giving, you're hoping to like, give your readers kind of a framework for dealing with difficulty, you know, like heroes that operate as, um, like you said, like you're not necessarily trying to make role models of specific notions, but just like the mm-hmm. idea of like, giving the reader something to relate back to when they're going through difficult times themselves.
2: Yeah. Well, well the uh, there's a screenwriter named Carl Iglesias who writes about writing as an instruction and stuff. And he has one of my favorite quotes about storytelling and writing. And he says, stories teach us how to be human, which I absolutely love that quote because um, you know we are the story species we you know we develop stories in order to uh, help us survive as a, as a species and those uh, stories are as much a part of us in our development as you know making sure we drink water and get enough vitamins right that stories are that important to us as humans yeah and uh, that and therefore I to me it's like no story can no story can help but reflect aspects of of our humanness. Mm. Boy, how's that for some high-minded?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs>
2: yeah, that's, we, business. Hey, that's right. We're taking this up a notch.
1: That's where we hey, go. <laughs> listen to our, uh, oh, God, our Bell Burnham episode. I mean, <laughs> oh, yeah. man. That, got very, that got very deep. All right. I love it. Um. Yeah. And I think, so one thing that I... Wanted to talk about um, Because I am I have thought About uh, Writing stories with kind of young adult Characters but as I'm Conceiving of these stories I'm thinking To myself like is this A young a YA Story or Mm -hmm. is it Just a story that has A young adult character As the lead You know and I've thought thought about that because Like I have a, a couple of uh, works in progress that center around like a a sort of stare, I I'd say stereotypical team of like fantasy plucky teenagers, mm-hmm. not necessarily going against a dark lord or fighting the evil empire or anything like that, but just yeah. like centering centering around this group of young people that are navigating uh, the world that they're in, right? And mm-hmm. and so I was thinking, is this like a young adult novel? Um, or is this just a novel that features young adults? So what do you think is like separates the two? Do you think like it's what, what's the quintessential features of specifically like a young adult novel?
2: Yeah. I'd say that, you know, it's not just having young characters. Um, that is, and I've, I've read some books that are that have teenage characters that are, you know, fairly, they're fairly adult uh, in theme. Um, so I wouldn't necessarily call them uh, YA novels. Um, but I also think that, like I said, identity. Um, when <laughs> I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Anthony Horowitz's work. He's a writer who wrote the Alex Rider series. Um, and I met him, I met him once. And he said, uh, the first thing you have to do if you want the kids to have any fun at all is get rid of the parents you have to you have to kill them or send them yep. on vacation or something right so um the uh the young people uh, to me they are not entirely set in their in their character right they are um they're still seeking who they are and who they're going to be they are very self-conscious about the people around them um that's a you know that's a thing that's like again using the example of harry bosch for example or you know like a jack ryan from tom clancy's books those those guys are set in their character and they're not all that self-conscious about what other people around them say or Mm -hmm. do right they're not they're not the types who bow to peer pressure (laughs) but uh you know a teenager is still forming that identity um of course and uh i don't know what else um what, what else am i missing I, and i think you know in a way you can take you can take these characters through practically any any storyline although you know when i was developing the um the the uh, the series that i'm writing for uh coalescence right now by the way i'm almost done with book one so i'm going to be a little late on book two oh, but okay. um yeah, but um, there was actually one that I thought about that I, I had had um, uh, was had been working on a couple of years ago that never went very far. That was it was an adult themed uh, book, a horror uh, slasher kind of book, and I, I I pulled that one out thinking, I wonder if this one because uh, um, Casey and I had talked about you know what what level of readership we were going for, and we decided on young adult. Even though I was already re- working on an adult, uh, um, adult-themed um, horror book, but anyway, um, so I, I took this one out and I looked at. it. I'm like, mm, no, I don't think this is the right one for for this. But then I took, you know, kind of a little, uh, I took a little bit of the theme and I I converted it to what what I'm working on right now. So there are some to me. And I don't know, maybe I'm just not the writer who could take the serial killer theme and turn it into a YA book, right? Maybe another writer could do it very well, but I just didn't think I could do that. Um, So some things I, you know, I I look at them and I say, "Eh, probably not. Uh, But others, you know, where I have, uh, you know, maybe an idea for a story that I'm at first, I think. Oh, this this would be a really good, you know, movie, R-rated movie for adults and I'm then I think about it and I'm like, oh no, you know, it's really a <laughs> it's really better for a teenager to go through.
1: <laughs> well, I think a good example of that if you're looking for a good example is um <clears throat> the Fear Street trilogy. Yeah. On on Netflix. Have you seen mm-hmm.
2: it? Yeah, I've seen some of it.
1: Oh my gosh. That's yeah, like, Oh, it's great. Yeah. It's yeah.
2: so good. Oh, I saw all 3 Brilliant of them. Now. I've writing. seen some of it. I've seen some of the three.
1: <laughs> yeah, the author is is, like yeah, yeah get I to the it. end. The ending is yeah, I did. is
2: yeah, pretty quite cool.
1: Interesting. Yeah. Um but that the whole time I'm like this is a YA novel. It's gory. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like it's gory. Yeah. It's it, it um is it's scary. Like it's mm-hmm. legitimately a good horror movie, but yeah. also very very keen on what I would consider a YA thing. What yeah. I would consider quintessential to YA
2: fiction, right? And you've got all these, the, each of these characters showing up in different characters and different time frames, right? Identity, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, really. And
1: um, cool. another another big big pop culture thing that struck me as YA. I don't think anybody's really made this connection as as much as I think it should be. But um, the video game Horizon Zero Dawn.
2: Mm, uh, i haven't heard of that one
1: uh the video game horizon zero dawn if mm-hmm. if you watch it play it just read about it or whatever i think you'd agree with me that it is sort of it's a ya video game which is kind of oh, interesting not something it's not something that's really being talked about as like a it's is it even pop it like young adults and uh, video games are inseparable at this point, so right. it's like it's like wouldn't all, but not really. I don't think you would call Devil May Cry uh, a YA game, but Horizon Zero Dawn, the narrative yeah. around Aloy and just the entire story, the entire world is like a post post apocalypse, which even plays on the sort of YA zeitgeist of the time that horizon zero dawn came out which was uh post-apocalypses and ya dystopias mm-hmm. like that was very uh very much a trend when zero dawn came out
2: uh uh-huh.
1: for for ya fiction um which both of those examples kind of lead me into another question that i've kind of been thinking about pondering um is Let me think about how to word this.
2: Do you? No pressure. We're just live. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, Do you think that uh, YA in in marketing and in the zone of the publishing market has a preoccupation with female readers in particular?
2: well readership is female in general across the board i mean if you were just go by in my experience and based on what i've studied at least is that uh you know reader readership more women read than men more males read than females or more females read than males it's just the way it is now you know probably more men read tom clancy novels versus females but Uh, overall if you're looking at the entire market it's it's definitely female oriented Um, but you know there's a funny thing that i learned in writing for uh, young readers too is that in general uh girls don't mind reading quote boys books but boys don't like to read girls books Mm. right yeah so um like the one i'm working on now is a is a female character, main character. And the Delphi trilogy, which we're going to be releasing again through uh, Coalescence, is a male. Male is a main character. Um, and it's kind of sort of his experience and his narrative. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, just in general, the the aggregate is is female. Mm -hmm. And, um, so you're, you're definitely more teenage girls read in general than, than boys. So it is entirely possible. And by the way, (laughs) if you go to a, a, a convention for young, for readers, like I've, I've gone to children's book writer conventions before it's almost all women <laughs> i mean okay. it's like you know maybe 10 to 15 percent men it seems like you know mm. so you've got you've got women and this is one thing that i've that i've always said about um you know writing books quote for boys you know that that there's there's long been a um at least since i started there has been a uh, a pretty big uh, focus on trying to get boys to read more, um, because it's just reading and comprehension is so important. And and you you, you kids develop that by yeah. primarily by reading fiction. You're not necessarily going to get out of a out of a uh, you know a math book national, or a, even natural yeah.
1: Nat Geo book. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. So you know, so we were so we were focused on and, and some of my uh, you know my graphic novels and stuff through Capstone were focused on trying to get boys to read, and that required a lot more action and, and that kind of thing. But one of the things that I, you know, that I had to acknowledge about it is that when it comes to um, trying to get uh, young people to read, if you think about it, every, almost every gatekeeper in their lives from their, their parent, primarily, usually primarily the mother who's, um, uh, or I should say probably more by percentage more moms are involved with uh with the kids education to the librarian which is typically you know almost always a female i worked in you know i was a worked for a book distributor in schools i think i only knew like two maybe three male librarians um and uh then we're if we look at uh you know the teachers uh, you know more yeah. more female at the earlier grades, more men, you know, in the high school. um, but then look at the um publishers and editors at the publishing houses. It's almost all women. Not, and that's not at all a problem, but that but when when we're trying to um when we're trying to activate a reading interest for boys, um, there, there's a bit of a to me. There's a bit of a disconnect there because women, our women in our lives, love us. They want us to be well. They, they want to share books with us. You know, they want us to learn. The only problem is that they've never been a twelve-year-old boy, so it's difficult to, uh, to impart what, what a boy really wants to read. You know, what kind of right. book a boy is going to pick up. Yeah. Um. And okay. so. But anyway, my you know my point is that we, and it's well known that around fourth or fifth grade we start losing boys as readers, and then it's really hard to make up that gap uh, once uh, once boys reach those later uh, middle school and into high school years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and
1: I think one one thing that I've thought about you know especially with regards to like the YA genre specifically, but but you're right, like reading in general. Um, you know, I'm like, Spider Man, <laughs> do we mm-hmm. count, is, is Spider Man right. traditionally counted as YA fiction? Right. Not really? I mean, like, yeah. it's, he's kind of subsumed into the gr- the the larger superhero genre, mm-hmm. which is all, almost, almost entirely targeted towards young boys and men. Yeah. You know, and, and so it's like um i think that there is a sort of disconnect with regards to the genre and with regards to the marketing of the genre where it's like boys books books writ- written to be targeted at at boys mm-hmm. or masculine folks yeah um get sort of shuffled into other genres they get marketed Mm. in different ways which Uh. could be fair enough i guess you know you might want to market it in different ways than you would market something to a different audience but but it's intriguing to me that Mm. that ya the genre ya kind of has this i don't know if stigmatization is the proper word but it's kind of got this vibe uh of those books are for girls, and it, it, it kind of keeps young male or uh, female to male people um, from engaging with with books that might give them role models, like you were talking about, might, might give them uh, – um, role models might give them frameworks for dealing with struggles that are unique. Yeah to those experiences, to the experience Mm -hmm. of masculinity. Um, And then, like I said, I just mentioned male to female people. I feel like um, even queer people, I mean, queer media is on the rise, on the rise a little in recent years, but queer media is often sort of kind of shuffled off similarly to boys' media, off onto um, uh, its own genres, its own kind of staples, rather mm-hmm. than being considered YA, which is like, there are young queer people as well, you know? Like, these stories need to be communicated. And that's kind of what got me thinking about it. It's like, it, it feels like the publishing market for for YA fiction is is really like really really concerned with like a cis female audience and and it prevents narratives about identity and struggle and specifically teenage struggles and young young struggles of young life from being told to people that aren't necessarily that that demographic.
2: Mhm. Well, it's interesting, too, is I think that lately, you know, in the last few years, maybe a couple of decades, we're seeing a lot more um, roles, so to speak, or characters in fiction in general that uh, that are female and active female, you know, not, mm-hmm. not you know, these Victorian women sitting around waiting for some rich man to marry them. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that has been that has been an, an issue for for women um that the literature hasn't really reflected that you know women ride motorcycles and climb mountains and you know and uh you know walk a beat as a police officer as well um but you know for a long time maybe i don't know for our entire civilization so far um you know, women have been sort of sidelined into uh, this perception that no, they're, you know, they they can't do everything a man can do. Right. Um, but it turns out, you know, as we're uh, uh, as we're being more thoughtful about it, you know, of course, we're writing stories about women who can do everything a man can do. And they can also have children, you know, <laughs> which is probably the hardest thing. Yeah. And, and if they uh, want to, yeah. Yeah, but I agree with you that the that the fiction market and the YA market um, in particular leans more female. Um, but you know, I mean, as a uh, you know, if you are a mass market um, fiction publisher, you got to go where the heat is. You know, you got to go where where the um, where the books are going to be. You know, the uh, audience that the books are going to be sold to. Uh, you know, it's a business, too. Um, now, that doesn't mean that a publisher couldn't, um, you know, try to focus more on marketing to writing to um, a male market. You know, that's but that's you're not you're not a mass marketer uh, at that level here. Well, and of course, you know, the Thank new you. the new economy. Yeah. Well, the new economy really allows uh, allows for that kind of specialization more than more than before I think so
0: I remember going back to the uh 12 year old boy uh comment um I remember back when I was 12 I picked up this book from the library and, you know, back then I wasn't really a reader, you know, I wanted to get out, skateboard, ride my bike, you know, what? whatever. I didn't have time to read. Well, I was in the library at school and I found this book, Dune. Mm-hmm. I loved Dune. Mm-hmm. It is by far one of my favorite sci-fi books ever. Mm-hmm. Um, the entire series is great. But back then, of course, you never really think about it, but people do tend to read certain books. And what I mean by that is we talked about how females predominantly are the readers in society today for the most part. Um, except for sci-fi sci-fi mm-hmm. has always really had more of a male audience to it when it comes to their reader base. And I think that's just because <clears throat> sci-fi didn't really become a thing until, you know, earlier in the 1900s with, or the worlds with, oh God, Star Trek, Star Wars, you know, all these other things coming into play. And that eventually goes the same for literature as well. So I, I don't know. I, I think it really just depends on the genre we're writing in.
2: Yeah, I, I like to the idea of switching those roles up. Um, I always enjoy when you, know, when you see a, a female show up in a, a role that's classically male. Oh yeah, um, it's really it's really cool and fun, um, and there you know. In fact, there's an even you know, in addition to the hero's journey. Um, I can't remember who it was. Who um, I'll look it up while we're talking. Who um, have developed uh, or you know discerned or defined what something called the heroine's journey, which is different from from the hero's journey. Um, and uh, it's really, I think that's really interesting that there are different there are different stages and phases for for uh, uh females for female uh, archetypes and um, so that's that's another problem that is pointed out a lot uh in current literature by women is that you know we're finding you know they they uh, we're finding that there often is pretty much a male character but it's just you know embodied by a female you know <laughs> there's there's no there's no genuine uh, uh, attempt to make this character female. It's just, this is a dude, but we're just going to put a woman in there. <laughs> right? yeah, yeah. So that, like, that's a bit of a pitfall that, um, that some writers are f- falling into. Trying. Yeah. I've, I've heard,
1: I have like realized that that is one of the biggest, one of the most, one of my, uh, what I would consider the most interesting pushes in modern fiction is like, like, you know, for women, you have kind of three archetypes that end up getting rehashed and, you know, and reused for men. There's just so many, like there's so many different archetypes that a male character can, can be and operate as uh, in a work of fiction. And it tends to vary between genre, but it still kind of holds true that, that, men have been allowed to tell stories for so long that that stories are suitably complex for men specifically but not necessarily for women and that is super interesting to me to see what are the stereotypes that women create for themselves about themselves that's so interesting to you me.
2: mean stereotypes or archetypes
1: Ar- well, arch- not stereotypes. Archetypes. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, yeah. archetypes yeah. is the
2: right word. So Maureen Murdoch, heroine's journey. So that's her name, Maureen Murdoch, which I thought was really interesting. You know, and it's probably something I, I probably ought to have uh, do- dove into by now, but um, I haven't. I just kind of uh, write writing what I'm writing and hoping that it comes off as, <laughs> or hoping that I'm actually getting some of it right. You know though so, but it's it's really interesting how it is it is different you know that whole circle um coming back and just different themes for for the female character and of course you know there are a lot of women who are writing great female characters and and they're not they're not make it probably maybe impossible for them to make the mistake of just you know sticking a female in a an otherwise male role um mm-hmm. and uh i uh I'm I'm a feminist with a small F, so I'm I'm all for it.
0: Wow! I think this has been one of our deeper conversations <laughs> we've had. Uh, hmm, I'm done thinking. Wyatt, did you have anything else? To add? Yeah, I'm just. Uh, I'm just thinking.
1: Uh, one thing I did want to say to you, Casey. Well, kind of just
0: to everybody, but,
1: but, uh, Casey, you kind of like demonstrated my point in a way by bringing up Dune because, um, you know, think about Dune, you know, it, it's sort of YA. If you think about it, you know, if you think about, like, the characters and the journeys that they undergo, it's pretty, pretty close to an archetypical YA novel. Star Wars is pretty close to, like, an archetypical YA novel. What we would think of as as a YA novel today anyways, right? And and so I think the point that I was trying to make earlier is just um, those stories are sci-fi and they were kind of pushed towards male audiences even though they do a lot of the same things that books in like marketed as YA books do they're not considered YA books and I think that was really my question that I was trying to get at earlier is like why do we avoid putting the label of YA on things that are targeted, mm. targeted towards towards males Do you, do we think that males wouldn't read if we said si- YA science fiction is the hypothesis that that would draw less less male readers to it if it was marketed as a ya book i don't know it's just an interesting question
2: well i know that you know the the research has shown that that boys will try to read above their uh above their reading level Um, boys will pick up books that tend to be harder to read than they realize because they think the subject matter is interesting now to be fair for a long time there wasn't that much interesting stuff out there right (laughs) i mean i last time casey and i talked i mentioned the catcher in the rye you know and i just i want to you know a gag every time i think of it because i remember reading that book in high school and i was like what's the big deal? Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, This isn't, it just didn't interest me all that much, but then, you know, as a grown man, I start reading things like Percy Jackson and Alex rider. And I'm like, Whoa, this is amazing. <laughs> you know, because it's very male themed written by men. Right. Um, so and Alex rider is a good example of, um, how you take a classic adult genre like the spy novel and you don't just plug a what is he 15 year old boy into the James Bond they actually you know uh, Horowitz actually does deal with him you know developing as a person and trying to uh, live without, his parents around and that kind of thing and i think it's really Mm -hmm. interesting he actually and he pushes back sometimes on on what uh the authorities are trying to get him to do or he's like hey i'm just a you know i'm a 15 year old kid what do you why are you making me do this you know Mm -hmm. which i think is really interesting um so you know we're we're finding uh a lot more and again you know you don't of course just like you know i've sit around watching, you know, um uh I don't know, the Jack Ryan series on uh on uh oh cripes. I don't want to get it wrong. who is it? Is it Amazon? Is it Amazon or is it I think Apple? it's Amazon. Okay. And I don't think that, you know, well I should be, you know, running around, you know, throwing grenades and shooting, you know, automatic guns, you know. But <laughs> uh in the same way, it's like, but that interests me. But in the same way You know, uh, no boy is going to be jumping out of air. Most boys aren't going to be jumping out of airplanes with special forces and that kind of thing. But that story takes them on an adventure of discovery, hopefully. right? Mm, Yeah. Um, And that that's that's what to me. That's what story is. Um, It's it allows us to discover who we are uh, without actually having to go out and jump out of airplanes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You do that for fun, not because you have to.
1: Well, I think that was
0: the last thing that I was going to bring up. Yeah. Okay. I got a really important question for you guys before Mm -hmm. we end our wonderful session that we've had today. Mm -hmm. So my question is this, if you all, We're given a million dollars. If
2: I had a million dollars.
0: (laughs) If you had a million dollars to spend a year working on a novel, just don't have to worry about money. You have all the time in the world. You even have someone picking up your own groceries and cooking for you. Okay. What genre would you write in?
2: Wyatt, you go first. I gotta think about this one. <laughs> what genre? What genre would I write in? I think Wow. So I, I can say that, you know, I don't I don't think that I necessarily have a choice, you know, that I that I write young adult um with the kind of paranormal urban fantasy angle, because that's just what comes out of me.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to kind of say. And around, I was just going to say, I think I'd write whatever I want, you know? (laughs) that whatever comes to mind, right? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) If I didn't have to worry about money at all, uh,
0: I would would write whatever I want, you know? (laughs) Now, you can only write one project. Mm -hmm. You, You have to spend the entire year on it.
2: On one book? That sounds like hell. Like, are you even
0: a
1: writer at that point? If you're only, if you're like not (sighs) bouncing between thirteen different whips
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know that feeling.
2: (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I you're, you know, get well. First of all, if it takes me a year to write a book, it ain't worth writing. Yeah, Um, that's that's way too long for me. Um, But uh, you know, I I suppose there are some projects that I would dive, but yeah i don't know um you know just give me the million dollars casey yeah. <laughs> just just give it what? to me i'll just keep writing listen as soon
0: as <laughs> as soon as we're able to do that
2: yeah, i got exactly. you exactly. um yeah and then um, you'll never hear from me again you're like oh crap you got the million now you
0: know? listen if i had a million dollars to send you i, I think i could find you
2: that's right i, I appreciate it yeah um you know, but what? and that's, that's mm-hmm. important. You see, you can write to market and, you know, uh, Rex, as a matter of fact, and I, uh, you know, we, uh, got together with a small writers group, um, here in the twin cities and, you know, a couple of guys I know of a couple of guys. I don't all of us, or most of us know each other from having written for, uh, uh, publishers who do mostly, uh, young readers stuff. And, um, I, 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 I don't know if there's any of those three or four guys who would say, God, I wish I didn't have to write, you know, young adult. I wish I could write, you know, James Bond or something. Um, It it just seems to be, it's kind of the, you go with whatever's coming from within, I guess. And uh, for, I guess, all of us, uh, each of us is a (laughs) (laughs) 12-year-old. So... Writing stuff that that interests that twelve year old. Uh, there's all kinds of stuff that I used to, that I was fascinated with mm-hmm. at that age. That now I get to take the time to learn about it and then uh, maybe put it in in story form. It's really yeah. it's just really cool. Put your it's own fun. spin on it. Yeah, exactly. And uh, that's the other things. Every time I start a book or or a new series or project, I think, God, there's no way this hasn't been done before. I mean, there's no way that this isn't hack. Um and then once I get into it, I kind of realize well maybe the story and or the plot or the theme has been done before, but um nobody has nobody has my perspective, so that's um that's what makes one valuable as a writer is one's perspective and and the voice that comes from it. Mm-hmm. So how's was that for a million dollar answer?
0: <laughs> I. I think that's a $2 million answer.
2: All right. Your lips to the uh, publishing <laughs> God's ears.
0: Uh-huh. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, everyone, you know, I'll take it easy. Okay, keep guys. Keep if you're a writer. Keep reading if you're a reader. And we'll see you guys next time.
2: Bye now.